now. But you know, you're going to see some teams as we kind of move into this stretch. It's almost like you woke up from a long nap and they're just like, all right. Oh, oh yeah, we gotta, we're playing basketball. Okay, got to get back in the, the rhythm of things here. Ah, let's stretch it out. Let's get loose. Like, so there may be some teams that look a little bit shaky. You, know, you don't want to panic if you have one really bad game out of the shoot right after the All-Star break. But again, a team like the Sixers down 16 to a Grizzlies organization that could be in the NBA Finals this year, that's a lot worse than if you're the Celtics knowing that you've already shown you've been to the finals last year. You've shown that you belong in that spot. The Sixers haven't even gotten that far yet. So you don't want to read too much into just one game tonight, but we've got a long sample size from the entire season. And if it's the Sixers, you know, it's even more than that. I, I just don't, I've, I've struggled to ever have confidence in, and it's not even a Joel Embiid thing. It's kind of a Doc Rivers thing. And it's also more than anything a James Harden thing. There are some players that just do not, they just do not step up in the postseason, and Harden's one of them. It's why I fade the Sixers in the playoffs every year. So you say blow it up if the Sixers don't, we agree, at least make it to the finals this year. Yeah. What do you mean by blow it up? You mean get rid of Doc? You mean get rid of Harden? You mean trade Maxi? Yep. I mean, obviously you're not saying get rid of Embiid, right? No, not Embiid, but you're wasting Embiid's prime. And at some point he's going to ask out. That's going to be the next thing. At some point Joel Embiid is going to say, I do not want to play here anymore. I've maximized my chance to win, and it's not where it should be. The ceiling is far too low here. Now, Harden's going to be a free agent. So maybe there's an opportunity for a sign and trade. You probably would just have to let him walk at that point, which in some ways isn't great because you'd rather get some assets back in return. But let's just say for the sake of argument, they just Harden wants too much money. They, he wants a max deal. They want to get into him. Let him walk. Maybe you do move Maxi. You know, maybe you do go out there and try to find other pieces that you can retool and package together some picks and bring yourself another star that's going to come in here because there's always somebody that's going to be asking out. The question is who that player is going to be. Now, I'm not saying off the top of my head that there's an easy fix for anybody because it just depends on who. Like, okay, how about this? Let's say Trey Young asks for a trade. Do they go after Trey Young? I mean, it's already been reported he wasn't happy now. It's different with Nate McMillan not there anymore. Maybe he wants to stay. But it's those types of scenarios where they're going to have to be active in the offseason. You're going to need another star around Embiid. And Harden's going to want a lot of money. And if you don't think he's the guy to play alongside him, the Harden has played well this year. It only matters in the playoffs. I don't give a damn what James Harden does in the regular season. Give me the playoffs with him. Show me that you can actually be someone that's dependable and consistent. I don't need him putting up 30 points anymore. He's turned into a little more of a facilitator with this team. He was doing it for a little while with the Nets too. That's fine. But you've got to show that you're consistent and you're helping this team win. And it's been too much Embiid and nobody else. Well, I mean, you've played with James Harden now, and you've played with Jimmy Butler, and you've played with uh, Ben Simmons back when he was good at basketball. Like, it's not like this guy hasn't had running mates. You're no, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, though, in the playoffs, it's felt like it's Embiid, and you're not getting anything consistent from Ben Simmons. Give me a break. The guy was too scared to go to the free throw line or dunk. Like, Trash. we saw how bad that was with him. You did have Jimmy Butler for one playoff series, but then he asked out instantly because he looked around and was like, my God, I, this is like, this is as bad as Minnesota. I can't be here. This, these guys are soft. And then you have James Harden after that, who was horrible last year in the playoffs. So you had brought in talent, but none of those talented players other than a Jimmy Butler who wanted out right away, none of them stepped up in the postseason and helped this team move along. So I'm a defender of Embiid because he's a KU guy. That being said, how come all the smack talk on him and it's time and you have to win a title or it's time to get out and blow it up? And when it comes to Nikola Jokic, it feels like I hear crickets. I mean, all Nikola Jokic does every year is takes the MVP award for my boy Embiid. Mm -hmm. Embiid gets to the playoffs, craps his pants, team gets knocked out, everybody puts the blame on him. 
And then Nicole Jokic just loses in the first or second round, and people go, man, what a transcendent player that guy is. He's the best in the league. He looks like the dude down at the YMCA. Why aren't we saying the same things about Jokic? It's time to stop winning in the regular season and go out there and get some damn hardware yourself. He had the, he had the built-in excuse of no Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. for two playoff series in a row, or two sure. years in the playoffs, sure. essentially. So that's, that's why. Now, you're the number one seed. You win three straight MVPs. He wins this. They lose in the first round again. Then the conversation starts. But people are at least logical enough to understand what he's been able to do by himself. But the question then becomes, all right, what do you do when you actually have the help? You need the team to be healthy. The team's healthy. Now what do you do? That's what's going to change that whole narrative with him is you're a number one seed and you're a three-time MVP if that's how it shakes out, and then you still lose in the first round. But it's been understood. Like if it was Joel Embiid all by himself for the last three years, legitimately all by himself, not having James Harden who just doesn't show up or Ben Simmons who doesn't show up, it would be the same conversation. He'd be like, they got to get some help. Like Luka last year, Luka dragged the Mavs to the Western Conference Finals by himself. That's what ascended him to the next level of, I mean, he, they, he turned himself into a god last year with what he did with the Mavericks. That's the reason why he was the favorite when MVP coming into the season. The Mavs just haven't been good enough consistently. And that's why they went and got Kyrie Irving, which can certainly change things now. But like Luka showed, he can drag a team that just has talent that's nowhere near his level to the Western Conference Finals. Jokic wasn't able to do that. Now, different skill sets, different types of players. I understand that. But that's kind of where the difference in the narratives are, which is why people had more confidence in Luka winning, the, winning an MVP this year than Jokic winning three straight. Because, like, we kind of already seen that story. But now he just keeps getting better. But that's all I'm asking for, my guy, is, okay, if you're not going to win the finals, get to the conference finals. Do what Luka did. Put your team on the back. Prove you're that dude, not just a stat stuffer. Look at what happened the year before, Nick, with Trey Young. Same thing. They weren't supposed to go anywhere. And he put them on his back and took the Hawks. Took the freaking 500 Hawks who just fired their coach two seasons ago to the Eastern Conference Finals. So if you're Jokic, and even if one of those dudes is hurt in the postseason, I'm done hearing about that, man. Like, let's go out there and actually win something. And by the way, I think Embiid's path to getting there is so much more difficult because you look at the Bucks, you look at the Sixers. Man, if they end up the three seed, as pointed out a couple of times already, they have to get through both of them. If you're Denver and you're the one, you've got home court against everybody, and they have to come into that high altitude. So I just think the path is a whole lot easier. If we're talking about what a lot of people consider the top front runners for MVP, Jokic right now, who, by the way, minus 250, I agree he should win it, but he shouldn't be that high. And then Joel Embiid, I think Embiid's path is significantly more difficult to actually make noise in the playoffs than Jokic. Yeah, and it's, if you look at the other side of things, too, this is interesting. So we're, we're talking about all these teams, obviously, that they're, they're trying to get to the playoffs. They're trying to win a title. There's the other side of this, too, in the rest of the way in these last 20-something games. Scott Lynn, our executive producer, sent us an article today. Uh, he's been talking about it for a while, and I think it's – I mean, first off, people forget about this. There was a Philadelphia 76ers team in 1973 that went 9-73, and the worst record in NBA history. There is a chance. Now, we're not going to have anybody this year. Not going to have anybody that's going to only win nine games because everybody's already surpassed that in terms of the Rockets who have 13 and the Spurs have 14, Pistons have 15. But, like, we got teams the rest of the way that'll probably come close to matching that 110 win percentage by the Sixers that year in the Rockets and the Spurs specifically who I'm going to fade the rest of the season. Like, I actually like the Mavs tonight at minus 13 and a half. And I didn't even put that out there. I forgot some of my late games. We'll get to some of those 10 o'clock tip-offs in a minute that I want to put out as well. But, like, 
they're trying to lose games desperately. And you watch them where they'll play hard in the first half. So it's the formula has been, hey, watch the Spurs. Have the, bet the Spurs to cover the first half. Watch them lose the second half. It happens every single time. There is also a chance for some very, very bad basketball at the bottom of the standings in the NBA where they can look just as bad as that 9-73 and Sixers team from years ago. Well, all the talk, if it's accurate about Victor Wenbanyama, he is the most transcendent NBA-ready player with a skill set that could be that of LeBron James. So I know we've heard that before. Watching his highlights, I don't know if it gives us justice of how good he's going to be, Nick, in the NBA right away. But look, let's be honest. If you're Houston, if you're San Antonio, if you're Detroit, if you're Charlotte, basically if you're those four teams, because everybody else really has a puncher's chance. I mean, the other teams that suck, you're talking about Indiana, you're talking about the Bulls, you're talking about the Magic, you're talking about your Lakers. All those teams still mathematically really have a shot to make the postseason. So there's four that are really fighting to be that number one Mm -hmm. overall pick. The Hornets, the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets. It's who can suck the most, but here's the problem. What if you suck, the lottery doesn't work out well for you, and then you get the number two pick. So it's it's when Banyama or bust right now for those four teams. Well, you've actually got a couple of good prospects in this too, so – um, it wouldn't, it, it's a situation where first off you get the bigger thing that concerns me if I'm any of these teams is that, well, the odds are smoothed out now, right? Like you're looking at a situation where you could have the worst record and it's a lot harder to get the number one overall pick. But if you land at number two, you get Scoot Henderson, who's would be the number one pick in any other year. The guy's playing in the G league right now, who is an unbelievable talent, going to be a great point guard in this league, but he's not Victor Wembanyama. You got Amen Thompson, like really all the top prospects are either Victor Wembanyama coming out of France. You got Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson. Those are both G league guys. It's, it's just a different way now that some of this talent is getting to the NBA. It's not just going to college anymore. And you've got guys going to the whole G league prospects uh, the g league elite or ignite team whatever it is and they're they're playing there and you got to watch them as opposed to watching them up against college kids but in the end this is a very loaded draft there's a lot of talent brandon miller's one of those guys too off the court things going on we'll get to that in the show but i mean from a basketball perspective guys really really good there's a lot of talent there and teams know that in the nba you gotta think sometimes like the nine in 73 philadelphia 76ers and at least put yourself in position to have one of those better draft picks. Because, like, like I get it, and the NBA's trying to make it so it's harder for teams to tank so you don't have really bad basketball down the stretch. But here's the thing. If the teams that are the top six in the West and the East are all playing competitive basketball and those games are good, nobody cares if the Spurs or the Rockets aren't winning games because they're already not winning games anyway. So to me, I think it's just played out and it's overblown because, one, players don't tank. They're out there at least trying. It's just... You got really bad players out there on the floor or coaches are drawing up plays that aren't really, they're like, eh, let's just try this. I just want to get done with the season and hopefully get a really good draft pick. Tillman Fertitta, the, 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 the owner of the Rockets, is like, pray for Victor. I mean, they, they're making it obvious. Everybody wants this guy. So these are teams like the Rockets. Uh, I mean, you might even be able to throw the Hornets in the mix with this too because they're also really bad. Now the Pistons are down 10 to the Magic right now. So they're already off to a good start if they want to tank their way through. But it could end up being a team that's, you know, team that's third or fourth worst record, whatever the case is. They're the ones that end up at the very top. That's that's what the NBA's goal was. It was trying to make this so it was a lot harder for teams to actually go out and tank and get the number one pick. Where in the NFL, yeah, you tank, you're getting the number one overall pick. It's a guarantee. <laughs> 